Welcome back to Minds of Metal. It's been a while. It's been a while, you guys. Uh, so if you guys are seeing us for the first time, uh, we're Minds of Metal. We're Daria and Laz, husband and wife team. We talk all things heavy metal on so many platforms now, right? Yeah. So currently we're streaming on uh, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. And Instagram. There you go. So, yeah, today we're talking about Queensryche. Yeah, so this is what we do. This is a one of our little t- types of videos called New to Us, where we get uh, our viewers to tell us five songs from a band that are new to us. We did it a few months ago with a band called Testament, and we had a great time with it. Yeah. And now is turn of prog legends, Queensryche, who we've heard about. Um, mm. I've heard of them so many times. You know, a lot of people have said things to me, and I've, I've heard the odd song on the radio. But in terms of checking them out and getting to know them a little bit, I haven't. What about you? Yeah. No, so um, I think it was more than a year ago now. Uh, do you remember we did a reaction to them? Together we did, didn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be talking about that song today. Yeah, we will be talking about that mm. song today. So, yeah. So what we're going to do is we've got five songs as picked by you guys um, that we're going to go through and just talk about, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we think about the song, the styles, the instruments and all that stuff. But in between, you know, we've done some research uh, and we're going to talk about the band, just some very sort of basic information about the band in between these songs. So should we get going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Queensryche are an American progressive metal band formed in 1980. Uh, they've had a few different lineups, but the classic one, the one that the fans love mm-hmm. most, consists of Jeff Tate on vocals, Michael Wilton on guitar, Chris DeGarmo on guitar and keyboards, Eddie Jackson on bass, and Scott Rockenfield on drums. And in their, their debut album from 1983... Uh, this is where the first song we're going to talk about comes in. And this song is Queen of the Reich. So do you want to get going on that one? Yeah. So uh, from what I remember, it's from the 1983 self-titled EP. So this was their first sort of statement to the world of metal. It's a cool statement, you know. It's a cool statement. I really enjoyed that song. It reminded me a lot of Maiden. Yeah. There's a lot of galloping going mm-hmm. on. There's a lot of belting from Jeff Tate there's a lot of harmonizing guitars and I just thought yeah that's that's very maideny yeah see this sits in terms of years this sits very nicely in between the new wave of British heavy metal and glam metal because mm-hmm. what happened is uh, I'll try and keep this quick in Britain we have the new wave of British heavy metal with bands like Iron Maiden Angel Witch Saxon doing this sort of new punk metal hybrid then bands like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden took that over to America to tour it. And you got a little glimpse of new wave of British heavy metal in America through the likes of this song. Because this, to me, as you yeah. said, screams Maiden, screams Judas Priest. My God, Ooh. his voice to me sounds so similar to Rob Halford yeah. in this one. Uh, but also, you're on the edge of glam. Motley Crue was sort of kicking things off in 1983 yeah. when this song came out. And... You can almost hear the glammy production on it, and I think his voice is quite glammy as well. Yeah. Do you think with the he's got yeah 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 like Yeah. Really. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about his voice today. Oh, plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, as but you yeah. said, yeah, there's the maiden gallop and bass, but already we're hearing some progressive elements through it because you've got quite a complex song structure okay. with lots of tempo changes as well. Mm-hmm. Well. Can you expand on that, actually? Let's unpack um, this, on, on the progginess of it, in that particular song. Is there anything yeah, you would... The, uh, for me, the prog elements come later on in another oh, song okay. we're going to do. Okay. But just in terms of, hey, you know, you've got to think, we're used to... 
in the 60s, pop kind of solidified song structures for us. Mm -hmm. You had an intro, which was normally the chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, then outro. So that, that kind of creeped its way into rock as well. And you had bands like the Beatles, the Kinks, the Who, the Stones, Zeppelin, kind of adopting yeah. these structures. Okay. And then in the mid-70s, in terms of heavy metal, when you had bands like Rainbow coming in and adding those progressive elements... They started to veer off of those normal structures. You started to incorporate longer solo sections, extended bridges, maybe maybe not playing a chorus until after the solo. You know, you kind of change things around. And this is what we start seeing here with Queensryche is that they it's just complex song structures, just not yeah. so simple. Going back and forth, time signature changes, mm -hmm. tempo changes, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see guys. Hi, 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 Facebook. Hi, watching from Manila, Philippines. Hello. Hi. Nice Welcome. to see you all here. And I see that Sean's saying hi, everyone on YouTube as well. Hello. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. We know you, Sean. Hi, hi. Uh, hello, guys. Hope you're having a nice evening. And if you just joined us, we're talking about Queen's Reich today. That's right. Are we done with Queen of the Reich? No, you know what I want to tell you? What? I watched um, their Queen of the Reich performance from 1984 mm -hmm. live in Tokyo. Good. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. was mind-blowing I thought and you know what that is actually that gig live in Tokyo gig from 1984 seems like it's it's a very famous gig yeah lots of people love it um I read some very interesting comment threads between fans and yeah it, it, was, it was it's very much love isn't that kind of odd that they're only a year old actually that's not true it's a year after their first album mm, but still, and yet this gig days. apparently yeah but I mean how many bands have a, a live album after after one year of their new album, I'm saying it's really good. You know, if that's a, if that's a special gig to Queensrÿche fans, good on them because after on their debut album, one year after, and they produced like this performance that everyone's going mad about. And another thing about that performance that I thought was really well. Now you made the point about them being quite well, not new, but it is still Fresh. early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for for them as a band, they formed in 1980. Debut album in 1983. Go. Still early days, I think. Yeah. So uh, what I really really loved is the fact that they sound so professional at that gig. Seriously, there's like amazing yeah. performance, brilliant musicianship. I mean, vocals, yeah, we all know Jeff Tate is a mind-blowing singer. And BB's harmonies, everything's just on point. Yep. And you think, wow, these guys are like 25 years old at that point. That, that's really great. Talent, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want well, to good. Home, Right, yeah. so the next song is Take Hold of the Flame from 1984, which we actually, this is the one we did the reaction to about a uh -huh. year ago now, isn't it? Um, this song I think is really, really good and really interesting because it takes you on such a journey. Mm -hmm. I found his vocal performance really, really reminded me of Ian Gillen from uh, Deep Purple. Now, he just kind of has this way of singing softly in some moments, but then when he needs to just take it to the next level, belting out a note, you know, so yeah. to go, if, you know, from listening to Take Hold of the Flame, go and listen to any Deep Purple version of Child in Time with Ian Gillan doing vocals and you'll hear the similarities. That's a great shout. Yeah. That's a great shout. Um, okay. Hi, guys. Uh, Mexico City, hi. US, hi. And Philippines again. Got people from all over the world. That's excellent. Welcome. Brilliant. Welcome, welcome everyone. I wish welcome. I knew welcome in your languages, but unfortunately mm -hmm. I just speak English. Tell us. Um, more on Take Hold of the Flame is, again, we're seeing more progressive elements in terms of the dynamic and tempo changes. You've got some really soft parts of the song and then it builds up and it's really powerful and loud. You've got, you know, like I said, the tempo changes. 
The instrumentation yeah. and tones I also found very progressive as well because you've got the acoustic guitars creeping in. They're not just falling and settling on an electric guitar, a bass, and a drum kit. They're using other stuff. They're using keyboards. They're using acoustic guitars. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that song. And I think I've take hold of Flint. That's actually the one song on YouTube. That's just, it's just exploded YouTube. I think people like that. One. It exploded YouTube. Yeah. I see why. Yeah. I yeah. see why. And I think at the time as well, you have to think, 84, right? It's, yeah, it is mind blowing. I really enjoyed that mm. one as well. And I thought, shall we talk about his vocals just later, like separately? Yeah, we'll do a whole thing on his vocals. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot to we'll, say. Yeah, we've got a lot um, to say about the vocals. Uh, just a few more parts, uh, points on this song. I feel that with heavy metal, now you guys have got to remember that with heavy metal, if you boil heavy metal down to just one sentence to describe it for me it would be this music based around a single guitar riff now mm-hmm. i know that might sound mm-hmm. a bit simplistic for it but when you really take it down to its roots you know think of the first ever heavy metal riff potentially the kinks you really got me da 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 that could that, that arguably right. that riff started metal and if you base a genre of music around one principle in pop it would be the lead vocals in metal it might be a guitar riff yeah. In other music, you know, in jazz, it might be, it, they base it around a melody in jazz. You write the melody and then you take the instruments around it. Mm-hmm. With metal, as I said, I feel often you base the music around a riff or around music or around a progression. And I felt it was so interesting here that the vocals are leading the performance. Yeah, The whole song is based around his vocals. And I think you can hear that, which is fantastic, because his vocals lead the way and the instruments play around the vocals. If he's going softer, the instruments go softer. When he comes louder, the instruments get louder. It's just a really great performance, this one. And I think it's, yeah, a very, um, very good song. And I love the instrumental section. The solo was brilliant as well. No, you're right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I have nothing to add really about that. But Mark saying educational for us metalheads. Well, we're really glad. Glad, yeah, glad We're to really help. glad to hear that. Happy with that one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shall we move so, on? So, yeah, so after 1984... Um, Four years after, they had the album called Operation Mind Crime. Now, interestingly, we don't have any songs that were recommended to us off this album. No. But this is supposedly their breakthrough album. This is the one that whenever you talk to, oh, give me a, give, give me a Queensryche album to listen to, Operation Mind Crime. Everyone really? says it, and it's the yeah. one they're most famous for. You know, I think Operation Mind Crime is, it might be a number eight in Martin Popov's um, top metal albums of all time. Should we say who Martin Popov Martin is? Martin Popov is a Canadian heavy metal journalist who's written some fantastic books. You've got to get some if you want to know about the history of heavy metal uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, Operation Mind Crime is a very highly regarded album. And I found it quite funny that there was no songs from that on this list. Yeah, no separate But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, two years after that, uh, sorry, an Operation Mind Crime broke them through and it propelled them into heavy metal stardom. This is when their name started becoming known in the world of heavy metal. Mm -hmm. Following this, two years later, you had the album Empire, which further propelled them into metal stardom. And the next song we're doing comes from that, and it's called Silent Lucidity, which is actually supposedly their most famous song. Number one on Spotify. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that one? Well, that was quite a change from... uh, Take Hold of the Flame and from Queen of the Reich. That was very different. It was very calming. It was a ballady type song. 
but um, and I found his vocal was completely different, so different. Yeah. But that just shows how versatile he is, and I think that his sort of really lower tone acted. Well, not acted. It just it just worked really well there, mm-hmm. you know. And I really loved the um, acoustic guitars. Yep. I love the strings. Oh yeah, the, the production yeah. was beautiful. The as orchestration well. was yeah, beautiful. Orchestration, absolutely. Fantastic. It's so easy to just stick an orchestra behind a band and make it sound good, but to 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 consider what notes you're playing, to consider mm-hmm. how much you don't just want to stick a, um, a string section in. And just say, play what you want. It's got to be considered. You can't just stick it in and say, so I'll play over this. You've got to take your time with it. You've got to make sure that there's enough. You're not overtaking the vocals. You're not under-delivering on that as well. So, yeah, I thought that was lovely. I thought it was really beautifully done because I felt like I was taken on a journey. I felt really sort of taken care of as a listener. It's like they really cared about my experience. And you know what? I don't usually like songs like this. Yeah. It's not really my kind of thing. But I really enjoyed this one. I really did. And I think it's just all the elements of that puzzle, you know, of that musical puzzle just really worked. All of it together really worked. So George saying they were the first wave of prog metal, in my opinion. Yeah, um, you've got Rainbow. Rainbow in the mid-70s were doing prog. They were using the Middle Eastern scales. They were bringing the neoclassicalism into metal. So go and listen to the album Rising by Rainbow. And that's for me, is where you hear the first elements of prog. Because mm-hmm. you've got to remember, in the very early 70s, you've got bands like Genesis, Yes, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, essentially just bringing classical music into metal. Yeah. When metal started with Black Sabbath in 1970, although we Martin Popov has a quote, which I really like, which is, heavy metal is upon us when you remove the blues out of hard rock. (laughs) So when you take the blues out, you've got heavy metal. And that I agree with that. But you still, in the early days of metal, you can still hear some blues in there. What prog does is is it removes the blues element and brings in the classical element. So you have bands in the mid-70s, like Rainbow, because Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple and Rainbow loved classical music. So when he started bringing in the classical elements and the Middle Eastern elements and expanding songs and making them longer, and you know, eight-minute songs with three minutes of a guitar solo, that, for me, is where the progressiveness was first introduced to metal. But undoubtedly, um, Queensryche, it seems, have established progressiveness in metal whilst rainbow and richie blackmore yeah. might have been hinting at it and playing with it i i, yeah, I can't disagree with george and they probably were yeah. one of the first established prog metal bands and actually talking about rainbow rising we did do a review on it yeah didn't go we? check it out we did do a review channel. on youtube yeah go check out check it out on our minds metal youtube channel um in terms of silent lucidity it's funny we're talking about prog because one song comes to mind when i hear this and that is mother by pink floyd Okay. It's got a very similar feel to it. Your mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? And it just kind of sits and it flows very nicely. But again, the dynamics, where the song takes you, the journey, it comes from the vocals. Yeah. It comes from the journey that Jeff takes vocals take you on. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. in terms of what this song did for them, this is 1990, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When, when the 1990s hit, heavy metal became accessible. We had bands like Metallica doing Enter Sandman, which was a heavy metal song mm-hmm. that, you know, um, 
mainstream audiences could sing along to and could sort of chant along with the chorus. You've also got Metallica doing songs like Nothing Else Matters. And that does come after this song, but you get my point. It's accessible music that can, that, that can be enjoyed by the masses. Um, so yeah, at the start of the 1990s, they found a way to make it accessible. And it just shows that, I, th- I think it was metal bands showing that we can do, we, we can be popular as well. So that's what I liked about <laughs> this song. Um, yeah, if yeah. we're being picky, yeah. I didn't like the bridge vocals. I didn't like that spoken part where you've got that man's voice. I think there's a woman's voice as well. Talking, it's like a dialogue over it. It just took me out of it a little bit. Um, And there could be something behind this. It could be a concept album. That could be a script that told part of a story of where Silent Lucidity sits in the album. And maybe that story is being told in those, I don't say vocals, that that spoken word part, maybe it's important. I'm being picky, but yeah. I reckon that's the case. Maybe, yeah. I think we just don't know everything you know yeah. about it but yeah. go and check out pink floyd mother and i think you'll hear the, the comparison between this um so seven years after silent lucidity and empire came out the garmo left the band and mm-hmm. that is when according to a lot of people queen's rice music changed and they departed from this sound that they had established um maybe he was a key influence in that maybe that was part you know he, he played a big part in that so, um, oh, that's actually my bad. I've put that wrong because uh, that should be after the next song we're Bit doing. Later, yes, yeah. that's mm. my bad. Um, so the next song we're doing is I Am I from 1994. <laughs> uh, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah, very interesting track. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the proggy elements of it. I thought I found it very proggy. Uh, lots of kind of Middle Eastern vibes. Mm-hmm. I did like it. I thought... Again, it's not really my kind of cup of tea, but I can listen to prox. I'm not a proggy kind of girl anyway, yeah. but I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was, again, it was it was really good musicianship and songwriting. I quite yeah. enjoyed that song. I thought straight off the bat, it was very progressive. It had that chord progression, the, the contrast between the bass line and the guitar lines. You know, it didn't entirely match up. I think with yeah. metal, with traditional metal, you might have the the bass and the guitar playing the same rhythm or at least playing the same notes, maybe different rhythms. But here it kind of divided up a little bit, which I thought was interesting. This one I also found to be quite theatrical. Oh, yeah. With the, from the twinkly notes at the start to the way he expresses his vocals. It's almost like he's, he's performing for us. And even the music in this yeah. as well. Yeah, do you agree? I feel like yeah. it could be a stage production. You know, Queen's right, the musical. It's great that you mentioned <laughs> this because it's on my, it's in my notes. Yeah. And um, he is actually, I watched the live performance of it. He performs in a very theatrical way. I, I think you can tell. Mm. I think you can tell. Yeah. Even just from hearing a studio recording, it's like, you know. And from his phrasing, I feel like he's in character almost. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. possible. Mm. Um, yeah, progressive, dissonant, the minor verses followed by the consonant choruses, always keeping the listener on the toes. Yeah. For those who don't know what dissonant and consonant is, dissonant means two notes played together that make you go, oh, no, thank you. Um, the first two notes of Black Sabbath's first song, Black Sabbath. Uh, consonant is the opposite. Consonant is notes that are lovely together. It makes you go, ah, oh, that's, that's a nice <laughs> pairing right there. Um, so the contrast between that, like I just said, keeps the list on their mm-hmm. toes. You're going, okay, well, this sounds really all awkward and not nice, but actually it's followed by a nice section. Where am I going? Where are you taking me, Queen's Rife? Uh, I love the chorus, really doomy and dissonant, quite unusual, followed by a lovely consonant section before the solo. As you said, Middle Eastern vibe towards the end. Um, now, two people or two artists I want to just talk about in terms of what I heard in this song. Number one, 
Led Zeppelin, the song Friends from Led Zeppelin 3. Check that out because it's kind of the same vibe. It has this awkward, dissonant, unusual feeling to it, yet you can't help but enjoy it. <laughs> and in terms of vocals, I'll tell you who I heard here. Uh, I heard, his. for me, his vocals sounded very similar to the Billy Talent singer. I don't know if you guys know Billy Talent, um, but the, just the, I, I can't even explain it, the timbre, the tone of his voice. Just really reminded me of it. I'm just really trying to remember. Yeah. The Billy Talent tracks. Yeah, well, that was just yeah. me. Interesting. You know, just go and listen to a Billy yeah. Talent song and you might hear what I'm saying. Mm. It's cool. Now here's where I get to fix my mistake. Then, three years after this, in 1997, guitarist Chris DeGarmo left the band That's and it. apparently their, um, their, their sound changed. Yeah. Maybe they didn't notice mm. All fixed, all fixed. Oh, good. Um, anything, any, any stuff we're going to react to? Any comments here? Um, no, everyone's just saying hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, and, oh, yeah, look, so we've got a viewer on Instagram. I wear glasses, first? so I can't see. So, yeah. so I am is... the reader. Uh, Born to be Wild was the first heavy metal song with a chug. Okay. Yeah, um, with a chug, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you could argue the first heavy metal song was the Beatles' um, Helter Skelter, which really brought in a hard rock heavy riff with screaming vocals in. I think that was 67. But yeah, the first use of the phrase heavy metal in music was Steppenwolf's Born to be Wild and the chug as well. I mean, we did a video on the first ever heavy metal song, which was, I can't remember, um, Johnny Burnett Trio. Johnny Burnett Trio. Train Keeps a Coming or Day, Days Keep a Rolling. Something but anyway, like that. You can hear the rhythms of chugging in that, which was really interesting. I think it was 1956. So although you've got Steppenwolf doing a chug, like, baby on the highway, dun, 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 dun. go back to the 56, watch the video we did about the Johnny Burnett Trio, yeah. and you'll hear chugging in that, the rhythm guitar from 1956 playing a heavy metal rhythm behind an, uh, uh, a rock and roll song. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. And just yeah. tiny little fragments of metal that you can hear from the 50s and 60s. It is fascinating stuff. But yeah, Steppenwolf's Born to be Wild was undoubtedly a key factor in, in bringing metal to a... Yeah, just expanding on what hard rock could be and opening up into new avenues. Cool. Next song? Wanna, yeah, let's talk about let's the next it. song. So the next song is Open from 2003. Yeah. You talk about it? Okay. Yes, I do. I love the song, you guys. It's 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 me. It's my kind of thing. Do you know why? Why? Because I can hear just so much grunge in it. Mm. And I absolutely love grunge. I'm a grunge girl and I really enjoy it. It's got that heaviness. It's slower. I like that too. I can definitely see like Chris Cornell singing or something. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It, it's got its prog elements as well. You know, we, we didn't go away from um, prog really. Uh, but um, I really, I really enjoyed the grunge vibe. And it, again, that's not what I expected to hear. No, me neither. At all. At all. I feel like they've got so much actually in store, Queen's Rike. Musically, there's, a lot, there's yeah. a lot to unpack, and I really like that. I like when people, you know, try different avenues. And uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that track. What about you? Yeah, I really liked it. I felt that it was the least progressive out of all of them we heard, but as you said, there is still proggy elements still, there. Yeah, I felt a massive grunge slash new metal fallout here <laughs> because it was simple, they stuck to a simple 
um, structure to the song. The riffs were simple. It didn't veer off and take you on different sections. Kind of just, you know, there, there was less things going on, no dual guitars, no solos. It kind of just felt a little more simplistic compared mm -hmm. to the previous stuff we heard. Um, one thing I want to point your attention to is the bass line because it was very, very unusual and dissonant throughout. In metal and rock, when we go for dissonance, you tend to hear dissonance in places like jazz or some avant-garde classical music where the, 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 the composer or the writer wants you to be disturbed. The whole premise of jazz, if you boil it down, is tension and release. You build up tension by playing, in, in jazz, a famous mm -hmm. quote, the wrong notes. You play the wrong notes over the chords, and then you resolve those notes to give you a lovely sort of, it, it's tension, it's building up the tension, and then you relief, release rather, tension and release. With metal and rock and pop, you want there to be less tension. Mm -hmm. You can create dissonance like Black Sabbath did by having the whole band playing tension music, or dissonant notes, but to have the guitars playing, uh, let's say normally, and then having just one instrument, the bass, playing dissonant, playing out of key, playing something that doesn't quite fit right, I thought was really um, interesting. And I heard that throughout, but mainly it was in the chorus, which I found really fascinating. One band I want to compare it to, who I thought, I heard this and I thought, my God, this could be like that, Alter Bridge. And Miles Kennedy. I'm surprised. Are you? I, I thought that could be an Alter Bridge song. Especially that little in the bridge, that bass section where it just boils down. you speed down. it up a little bit. Alter Bridge have some really heavy, slower songs as well. But his vocals, I felt... We'll get to the vocals later. But yeah, Alter Bridge is something I heard within it. Did you not? You didn't hear it? I'm just Because you're a big imagine. Alter Bridge fan. I am. I, I, like, I think I'm a Miles Kennedy yeah, fan yeah. more. But uh, yeah. No, I guess I can see him singing it. I can see Chris Cornell singing it. Well, yeah. I have to say yeah. honestly, but yeah. There we go. All right. All right. Are you done with that one? Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Those are the five songs that we chose um, for Queensryche to do a new to us video. So I want to know what your favourites are. Go from five to one. And tell on. us why. Definitely agreed. Great. Um, hmm. Well, hold on. Who are you agreeing with? Oh. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, go on. Yeah, five to oh. one. Five to one. So five is silent lucidity for me, okay. just because I'm not a ballady type. Um, fourth is I am I. Third is take hold of the flame. Second is queen of the right. Mm -hmm. And the first is grand year open, of course. Of course. Nice, nice. Did you expect that from me? Did you think that open would be my favourite track? Yes, because for me, all I heard is Alter Bridge. Oh. So I thought straight away, I thought that would be your favourite. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, do you want to know mine? Yeah, go on. So, my fifth favourite was I Am I. Um, I thought it was okay, it just didn't grab me, and it didn't take me. When you have progressive bands, when you think of bands like Opeth and mm -hmm. Dream Theatre, mm -hmm. and even earlier progressive stuff like Rainbow, you know, the song Stargazer is a great tune. They take you on a journey, and even when it is unusual and Middle Eastern and weird and odd and everything... I can accept it, but I want you to do something with it for me. And I am I I am I just didn't do that for me, unfortunately. Uh, number four was Silent Lucidity. Thought it was a really cool song, nice ballad, um, but not much different to, you know, I don't think it was better than Nothing Else Matters. I don't think it was the best metal ballad I've ever heard. 
I think it was just a bit different. For them, for them, and at the time, because this is their most famous song. And you've got to remember, this is one year before Nothing Else Matters. And Mm -hmm. for me, having not heard of this song before, I'm quite surprised. So I would have thought I should have heard this before. Number three, Mm. Queen of the Reich. I just loved it. For me, it was just like a Judas Priest Iron Maiden hybrid. Thought that was fantastic. Number two, Open. Um, it's all, I know I've been talking about Alter Bridge, but that opening riff, it could be something from Slayer's um, God Hates Us All album. That just that slow, heavy riff that kind of has, you know, sort of slow, thrashy elements to it. Yeah, actually, George just said, I was commenting on your Alter Bridge view. Ah, <laughs> thanks. Okay. Um, and my favourite song was Take Hold of the Flame. And it's not like it's there's big, it's not yeah. like there's riffs in that that I preferred to Queen of the Reich or Open. Mm-hmm. I just felt you're telling me this is a prog band, so with prog music, I want to be taken on a journey. I want it. I want. I want you to do something for me when I'm listening yeah. to the song and take hold of the flame. I have to give massive credit that song. The the dynamic changes, the tempo changes, the way he uses his voice to tell this story and go on the journey. I thought was phenomenal, and I yeah. really enjoyed that one. Yeah. No. Agreed. Um, so to finish off in terms of the, the, the timeline of the band, of our very basic research, uh, Open was released in 2003. And then just, uh, just under 10 years later, Jeff Tate leaves the band, uh, which is quite a significant marker because he was the voice behind this band. And there essentially became two Queensrays. Jeff, do you yeah. want to talk about that? Yeah, so let's talk about it in a minute because we've got a couple of comments I'd like to reply on you guys. So, guys, just so you know, we're looking at some... I'm looking at three different screens. You can't I'm see... I'm focusing on the green yeah. light on the so, laptop. So I'm checking, <laughs> you know, whether we need to reply to any. Go on, what have we got? So we've got a comment on Instagram. Without Want to Be Wild, um, there would be no... Do you mean Tenacious D? And then the next comment is, what do you think of the D? So I think... Yeah. Tenacious D. Tenacious D. That's odd. I did not expect yeah, the conversation to go this way. But I love Tenacious yeah, D. I've seen them live. Um, you lucky thing. Yeah, I know. Very good band. Uh, I think The Metal is probably my favourite song. I know everyone loves Tribute and Kickapoo's funny as well. But they've got a really good way of mixing comedy and heavy metal music, which you don't often get. You've got comedy artists, you know, Frank Zappa, Chili Peppers in their own way had a little bit of humour every now and then. Then you've got the, the, you know, the very comedy people like Weird Al Yankovic who take samples from Backstreet Boys and pop music. Mm -hmm. So to mix the comedy in with the metal, I find like a very good thing to do. Um, Yeah. And I love Jack Black. He's probably my favourite celebrity, my favourite musician, and his love for metal is uh, untouchable. Yeah. Right. Um, Sean is asking, have you seen Britney Slay's karaoke version of Queen of the Right? No, we haven't yet. Well, I haven't yet. No, no, we haven't. But they did a covers album, though, isn't it? didn't they? And that's on that one, I believe. So, yeah. But we are going to do some, well, I'm going to do some Queen's Right mm-hmm. thing because I enjoyed this. I really want to go and dig, dig into Operation Mindcrime because I'm very curious. Having heard and enjoyed the first two songs from 83 and 84, I'm just trying to imagine where they were at 88 when they were at their supposed peak. So I'm definitely going to yeah. go and check out Operation Brilliant. Mindcrime. Okay, let's move Any on. Others? No, I'm no? good. Let's move on. So, um, yeah, Jeff Tate leaves the band, 2012. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, okay, so I did some reading on that. Very interesting, you guys. Let us know if you, like, know anything about it, okay? Because I'm not sure how true this is, but there we go. We know that, basically, 2012, Jeff Tate, Jeff Tate left the band, and uh, he carried on 
singing Queen's Rights songs, but with another, with other musicians. And what did he call the band? Queen's Rights. No, no, no. Didn't they? No, I thought they had no, two. No, they were disputing on the name. I think they had like a court thing going oh, on. Oh, right. Yeah, I they had I little thought... legal disputes. I just thought that'd be really funny, just Queen's Rights yeah. playing in two cities in one night. You know what? Maybe that was the case at some point. I don't know. But I think, what was that album? The famous one, the famous one. Operation Mind. Operation Mind. That's it. That's what his yes, project Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's it. Operation Mind Crime. And, uh, but then the other guys, from Queen's right, they they carried on with Todd. Le- yeah, Todd. Todd um, Le- something yeah, like that. I think if I'm pronouncing like this right. Uh, but yeah, so they got a new singer and they're carrying on as Queen's right. So the Todd, name. Yeah, so Todd Latour. Todd Latour. Lead vocals from 2012 to present. Mm-hmm. So um, so today we were. We were talking about Jeff Tate's era. Let's well, say I that. think some people would argue that Queen's right is Jeff Tate. Yeah. So you know, that's it. This is what I read. You know, when I mentioned those uh, comment threads I read on YouTube. Yeah, there's just lots of talk about that and that Queen's right stopped being Queen's right. 2012. Yeah. It's just all. Yeah. There's lots of. Uh, so there's there's lots, lots of stuff like that. There's lots of moments where this happened in metal. You know, you got Sepultura without Max Cavalera. Is it still Sepultura? Yeah. You know, it happens, yeah. it happens. I like to leave band politics out of it. Yeah, I kind exactly. of just think, let's enjoy the music. Exactly. Um, but to finish off our little bio of Queensryche, they are still playing and touring today, uh, and they actually released an album last year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Brilliant. that's it. Uh, we're going to do some overall thoughts on what we have taken from listening to these five songs. And thank you guys for giving us those five songs, because these were all chosen by you. So every yeah. time we're going to do a new thank to you. us video, we're going to ask your opinion on tell us the best songs and then we'll pick five of them uh, and we'll just do another video like you did, uh, like you've uh, had today. Yeah. Can you guys let us know if you've enjoyed this format? Because I've really, I'm really enjoying yeah. this. And hit your likes and subscribes, everything, you know, yeah, we're please. doing this live video. Uh, so who said thank you for the Met Metal lesson? Someone on Instagram or Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah, so you're welcome for the metal lesson, but hit like. That's what we want yeah, back. Hit the like. Please support us and subscribe to us on all platforms. That yeah. will really help sort of drive the project forward and yeah. stuff. But yeah, let's go back to um, overall, so thoughts. overall thoughts. You know, um, I want to overall thoughts, but then I just want to pick your brain on something as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, just, okay. just don't worry. I get nervous. I get nervous. <laughs> don't worry. We haven't planned for this. <laughs> I love it. You actually respond. Of course, we respond. Of course we respond to you guys. So um, I really enjoyed what I heard today. Okay. Is this you picking my brains or are you? No, okay, I'm not picking later, my brains. Right. I'll tell you what I'm going to pick okay. your brains. Um, <laughs> um, so I really, really enjoyed it. I am a singer myself. So hearing this kind of mind-blowing vocals, I just love it. I absolutely love it and I have huge respect for Jeff Tate because absolute on form and still is actually, still sounds great. Does it? Yeah, from what yeah. I heard. I heard like a couple of performances from 2021, I think. Is, That's it, quite is it crazy though, these bands? Like we saw Iron Maiden a month ago and my God, Bruce Dickinson's Bruce. vocals. And, and I was of the opinion five years ago when I saw them, I thought, oh, do you know what? It, it's still Bruce, it's still Maiden, but he's kind of losing it. 
I, with with age, he's gotten better. It's just mind blowing. Uh, but yeah, sorry, please, please. So carry no, on. Jeff Tay, uh, a fantastic singer, and I think I loved the variety. Actually, this one I really enjoyed because we had so many different songs today. They're all very different songs. Yes, and. I enjoy that because this is how you learn about the band, about what they're about and stuff. So, yeah, will I go back and listen to more? Yes, I actually will. I think I will. I think I will, but I'll probably start with the famous ones. The famous stuff, and then I'll just make my way through. Yeah. I already said I want to go straight for Operation Mindcrime. So yeah. I like, I'm not like a massive prog metal fan. I love OPEF. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, Dream Theater, I enjoy them as well. Um, Tool, yes, I love Tool. Um, but yeah, to hear that this is a definitive prog metal album, I'm going mm -hmm. straight for Operation mm -hmm. Mindcrime. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Sorry, we're just sorting out one of the devices. All good. Um, right, so overall thoughts, yeah, do you have any more? No, no, I think it's great. I think I'll pick your brains later. Okay. So I want to talk about his vocals because we've gone through these songs and I made notes as you know, as you see me reading my notes and each of the songs, I wrote a different vocalist. He reminded me of just going to recap that for you. Love it. First vocalist, Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Second vocalist, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. Third vocalist, essentially Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. Fourth vocalist, Billy Talent singer. Fifth vocalist, Miles Kennedy. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm shocked, impressed, and bemused that I've listened to five different songs mm -hmm. from five different eras, and I've compared them to five different rock slash metal singers. <laughs> that is talent beyond yeah. beyond belief. Absolutely. That one man can adjust his voice or tailor his voice to suit the needs of the song to such an extent that I can hear five different vocalists in my head for five different songs. Yeah. And although the music is fantastic, and I never, with, with metal bands as well, because so much is considered with metal bands, it's not like pop music where, uh, I'm not doing any disservice to pop music, but you can play three chords on a bass, you can just play two notes, you know, and the vocalist leads it. The vocalist is the point of the pop music. They're the name on the banner of the gig. With metal, it's much more. It's about how a band works together. It's about, about how a band works on their timing, works on their songwriting together. So I don't want to take anything away from the band, but Jeff Tate, wow. Yeah. That's all I have to say about Jeff Tate. Wow. I've, I was super, super, super impressed with him on yeah. this. And you know, this is when, well, I could do a vocal analysis, but I don't think there is a like a need really you've said everything and i think you guys know everything don't you like what well, i don't really need to break it down we all know he's great we all know he's a great performer as well as well as a singer and that's a big deal you know yeah. uh, to sustain this kind of technique whilst fully performing jumping around the stage engaging with the audience it's it's yeah. a huge skill and i think he's very operatic in places he's yeah. got really great technique there's um theatrical we said that so, yeah, no, mm -hmm. brilliant stuff. Um, just my final thoughts musically, lots of stylistic variety. You know, we've used words here like Alter Bridge, Slayer, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Glam Metal. I think you're hearing all of it within all these five songs. And I'm really impressed with that. Yeah. Progressive tendencies throughout. 
be it classical influences, Middle Eastern vibes, instrumentation, song complexity, but they never settle on one form of progressiveness. With Iron Maiden in the 80s, especially this, uh, the album uh, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, um, 1986, I believe. No, that was Palestine. Anyway, whoever, yeah, I think that was 88. You had the addition of the keyboard, and that was Iron Maiden doing prog. We'll keep our music the same, we'll keep the galloping, we'll keep long songs, but we're going to add a keyboard. And that was Maiden doing prog. Uh, Queensryche have done prog differently. They've done keyboards, they've done song structures, they've done Middle Easternness, they've done classical stuff. And I loved that they took these different forms of progressiveness and didn't settle on one of it. Yeah. And because of this, it leads me to my final point, that they really, really remind me of Led Zeppelin. A cemented style, so Led Zeppelin had their blues, and rock, if you like, but always pushing the boundaries and trying to add other other interesting elements. So you mean as a concept? As a concept, not yeah. yeah. I don't think they sound like Led yeah, Zeppelin. Mean I mean that yeah. Zeppelin had their blues and rock mm -hmm. style, and then they started adding things like the Middle Eastern in the song Kashmir. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah, like you know, like you things can. like that. And, and Queensrÿche have done the same. They've taken their heavy metal as their base, heavy metal slash hard rock. And then they've gone and they've added that Middle East and they've added the classical yeah. stuff in silent lucidity. Mm -hmm. They've added the vocal effects and the instrimentation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I have to say I'm very impressed. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to pick your brain in a minute. But comments. Comments. We've got a couple of comments. Let's have a look. So I recently found your channel and went down the rabbit hole, watched a bunch of videos, must say, killer content. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That means a lot to us. Really does. Damn, very good analysis on the vocals. I do feel the chemistry of between Jeff and the band is what brought out those lightning in a bottle moments. That's a great yeah. point because point. without having a band behind him that he feels comfortable enough to let loose, you know, we, 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 we didn't say at the start, we're both pro musicians. Mm -hmm. we, we both play music professionally. And there are, as the uh, uh, girl or boy, man or woman said on there, mm -hmm. there are moments where... The band is just, you know, you're, you're playing a song, you're on tour, you, you know, you're doing your sixth night in the row and you think it's going to be the same as the previous five nights, but something different. There's just, there's just something in the air where you look at each other and you go, yes, tonight, this is the one. And you play better. You add that 10%. You go from 100% to 110%. And then I feel like when the band are at that level, that's when the vocalist, who doesn't need to worry necessarily so much about song structures, <coughs> excuse me, keeping time, making sure that you know the the, the keyboard's gonna the, the keyboard um, track is gonna be played on time. When the vocalist doesn't need to worry about that, and the band behind them is on fire, then people like Jeff Tate, Bruce Dickinson, Rob Halford, they can all yeah. do their thing. And let you them just have this confidence, yeah. You know, Why as don't you a singer, know that. It's singer, like. Yeah. You just have this huge support behind you. You just feel it with your back. You're like, oh yeah, we're yeah. we're on fire today. You know, we, we can do it. It's yeah, it, it's that support. You know, That's it. yeah, absolutely. Look, let let me pick your brain a bit. Okay. So we just sort of really well, obviously, we really praise Jeff Tate. Mm. I think personally that he's very underrated as a singer. Why do you think that can be? So, like you said, Rob Halford, I don't think he's underrated. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Dickinson, definitely not underrated. Um, Miles Kennedy, not underrated. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Jeff Tate is a bit. 
Well, I think that a singer's reputation only really goes as far as the band that they're playing in. And it feels to me, having, again, this minimal amount of research, it feels to me that Queensryche are not a famous band. They are. I mean, that, I think that's fair to say. They're not Iron Maiden. They're not at the levels of Metallica. Maybe they were famous back in the day. But yeah, we weren't but... around, you know. We don't know, really. You guys tell us how big were they? How big are we talking? Yeah, but if it, you were around. But when you point. when you when you're talking now, even talking now about metal in the '80s and '90s, I still feel you've got bands like Metallica and Maiden who are always mentioned. Right, and right, for me, right. Queens right aren't mentioned. That's right. not that's not saying I wouldn't mention them. No, it's just, it's just that's the way you know. That's saying I've never it's... I've never heard of them. Sorry, just to clarify, it's not saying I've never heard of them. I'm saying that when when you talk about this, no, no, when I you think... talk about the biggest metal bands in the world, you say Maiden, Metallica. When you go modern, you talk Slipknot. These are the mainstream bands that people talk about, and I feel that maybe Queens right weren't in the mainstream, and because of that, mm-hmm. I think the personnel in the band suffer. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're not talented enough for something, because that we see in that that's not Absolutely, the case. Yeah. That's not the case here but at all. He, but yeah, yeah, he is, our, know, guys, he is underrated because I think, mm-hmm. you know, when, if you can belt like Ian Gillen, keep a clean, distinctive tone like Miles Kennedy and Billy and the Billy Talent singer, uh, when you can sing softly in a ballad like Roger Waters. Mm-hmm. My God, what else can't you do? You know, it's perfect like, package, really. He it? is. That's it. He is the perfect package. Um, He's got that think, charisma as well, which I think is very yeah. important. Yeah. And when you charisma. think, you know, you said operatic, the song Queen of the Reich. That for me, that's Rob Halford and Ian Gillen. And when you can belt and deliver a note like that yeah. in metal in the early eighties, my God, the, the sky's the limit. And yeah. for this band, it seems the sky wasn't the limit because they've gone on to become a very successful band. Yeah. I feel like it's a shame that it they're is. not mentioned more. It is, and this is my other point, you know, like, it's interesting, Just it's just, we can only wonder, can't we? But um, it's interesting how bands with not the same characteristics, but with similar characteristics, like Maiden, like Priest, yeah, go on. So I was just going to add another thing as to why, we're talking about why the band might not be considered as, um, as, as big as the others, is the progressiveness. People like easy music, and I'm talking. I'm not talking us on here. You know, we love the metal. I'm talking about the people who listen to the radio, the the casual fan. They loved it when Enter Sandman came out because it was four and a half minutes long. It had a chorus you could sing along to. They loved it when Nothing Else Matters came out because it was a soft ballad that they could play at weddings. Yeah. They loved it when Can I Play With Madness came out because it was three minutes long and it had a catchy chorus. Mm. They loved it when New Metal came along because suddenly metal was a bit simpler. No solos, shorter songs. Queensryche, when you're pushing the boundaries, it's the same reason that Dream Theater and Opeth aren't played on the radio. It's a bit harder, isn't it? It's harder. Longer songs, progressive elements. A DJ is not going to listen to a Queensryche song and say, yeah, our listeners can do that. That's a very good point. The way that Maiden and Metallica had certain songs that you could do that with, as I said, Madness, Sandman, Nothing Else Matters. Queensryche didn't seem to have that accessibility. I think that's the key word, accessibility. Whilst all of us on here can appreciate and understand what Queensryche have done for metal, Mm -hmm. I think the wider world probably wouldn't get it. Yeah, I think it's quite, it's music for musicians and people who can really sort of dig into 
you know, music. Well, I think, you know, a lot of metalheads aren't musicians, but they appreciate the music behind it. Yeah, the appreciation. And I think just understanding what goes into writing a song as complex and as good as a Queensryche song really shows how good we are. Yeah, that's it. I uh, picked your brain about that. This yeah. was my point because I was, I was listening. I was like, "This is so good." <laughs> yeah. I thought, so yeah, good. yeah, really good. Yeah, no, very, very good. Cool. Um, yeah. Are we done? I think so. I think I I've think said everything are. I wanted to say. And uh, I suppose we could quickly ask if anyone has any questions about anything whilst we're here. Please, guys, let's know if you have any questions. Yeah. So, we've so, got a comment. Go on. Um, fuck yeah, I'm a professional musician as well. <gasps> Can I live. You swear? Can well, you swear live? Did we just do that? Okay, do it again. Do it official. Fuck yeah. I'm a professional musician as well. I live for the I live for those moments as well. I think that was coming back to when mm-hmm. we're talking about, yeah. So whilst anyone is typing out any potential questions, we're just gonna let you know that you've got to subscribe to our channel. We've got yeah. videos on there. We've got so this is a new to us video, which is where, as we've said, we take five songs from an artist we're unfamiliar with and we look at them, analyze them, and talk about them. We've also got new music reviews where a new band will put out an album and we'll analyze it and review it. We've got classic album reviews, which is my favorite, because we go back into the archives of metal history and we look at ha- uh, albums that shape the genre. Yeah. So far, we've done a Rise by Sepultura. Mm-hmm. We also do metal profiles. We've done a Ozzy Osbourne profile. Uh, we just do all things metal and we're not with you know we don't consider ourselves reviewers and we're not sort of taking stances we just talk about the stuff we love if there's an album we love or a person we love or a band we love we're going to try and talk about them and uh just let us know in the comments as well if you enjoy this format again you know if you just joined us recently i've asked it and we'll know because you'll have liked yeah please like so get on the liking and subscribe please yeah. Any questions coming through? No, I don't think so. I think we answered to everything. And Brilliant. thank you very much, you guys, for being with us here today. This was our first sc- scream stream. <laughs> this is our first scream. This is our first live stream. That's it, yeah. It's very good. I enjoy it. Very, very good. Lot. Enjoy this format. Yeah, it's nice to have the interaction with you guys. Yeah. I mean, just talking about things and sort Brilliant. of someone asking a question or yeah. sort of giving their opinion and saying things like they're a musician as well. You know, it just yeah. feels we're trying to build a community here. We're trying to build a community of like-minded metalheads that just love the music. If any of you go onto our Facebook page, you'll see we don't we've sworn already. So I'm gonna say we don't take any shit. We're not gonna have people commenting and saying, Oh, well, I think this genre sucks or or you're wrong for liking this genre we want to be a community of people who love metal and can appreciate Absolutely. all the different elements of it not everyone will like every different subgenre of metal there's too many metal is such a broad genre there's no way everyone is going to like everything but we want to talk about it with you guys we all know what you love we want to talk about it with you and Absolutely. that's what we're trying to build here absolutely thank you so much for being here today we'll see you very soon have a metal day have a lovely day see you guys bye bye i'm gonna Click everywhere. Bye.